0: any
1: sort of platform that helps to boost and promote women and to make people feel like they have that community in which they can kind of learn from other women. I like that.
0: I'm a huge supporter of that. My name is Espri Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I.
2: Hey, this is Adam Marks. I'm a tech founder, writer, and consultant, and I've been listening to the Women in Tech podcast for about three and a half years now. Esprit does a phenomenal job spotlighting female entrepreneurs from all over the world, And one thing I love about the show is listening to their stories and how they've built their companies and organizations. We should always be pushing for representation and equality every time we go into the boardroom, every time we look for co-founders, every time we look to hire employees for our companies. So support representation and equality, support the Women in Tech podcast. Follow me at AdamMarks13 on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And remember to always look for the orange sunglasses.
0: If you, too, want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right-hand side and click donate, which empowers us to continue. Celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey.
2: Command Line Heroes is an original, highly produced, award-winning podcast about the people who transform technology from the command line up, presented by Red Hat. And this is not a technical show. This is a show anyone can enjoy, featuring experts from across the industry. Season 4 is airing now, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and stick around to the end of the show to hear a sneak preview of the brand new season.
0: Oh my gosh, can you relate? Sometimes I feel like I'm still in 6th grade, and I'm so awkward, and the other kids are picking on me, and I'm taller than everybody else, and when I walk, the ground shakes. At least that's how I felt. I was like, well, that's what the kids did. They made fun of me because I was taller than all the boys. And so they said, when I walked, the ground shook. And so still to this day, no matter what kind of situation I'm in or how included I'm in, I constantly am wondering if I'm the odd man out and everyone's gossiping behind my back. And I just, I'm going to always be that awkward, like, you know, 10, 11 year old or whatever it was, like <laughs> the, the, just always wondering if, if I'm part of the crowd or if I'm totally excluded, <laughs> you know? And I mean, so what if I am like, like, so what to so much that I worry about, you know, like this, it's like our, the ego gets in the way or the fear gets in the way or like, you know, just constantly self-doubt gets in the way and insecurities get in the way and, like, neurosis get in the way. (laughs) At some point, like, I just have to laugh at myself and just think I'm I'm so out of my mind. And I think like, I think the reality is we're probably all out of our mind, but we do it in silence and, like, secrecy. Like, our own secret little private club. And so when we look to everybody else, we're like, oh, they must have the Instagram perfect life. They must be perfect. They must have all the friends. They must be totally accepted. They must know all All the like ways to make a business perfect. They must have the insider, (laughs) the insider knowledge and insights. But I mean, they think we're all just no matter what level we're at, we're probably all just doubting ourselves. And, um, I don't know, I just, you know, here I am like having a morning where, I mean, I've had a really like great productive morning, but my headspace, like something happened and I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, am I being excluded? (laughs) And then I'm like, calm down. Just like go about your day and don't worry what other people are up to. They're probably not even thinking about you, you know? So that's my little short personal spot for the day. I hope you enjoy the episode to come. Bye. to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited to be here at CES 2020. New decade, new innovation, new technology, new people. And I am insanely grateful to have been experiencing the world of Dell. And now I have Jessica here with me. Hello, Jessica. Hello, Esprit. I'm thrilled to be on the podcast with you today. Oh my God. So happy to have you here. Okay, so start off. Tell
1: us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So uh, my name is Jessica Ang. I work uh, for Dell Technologies. I've actually worked for Dell for 13 years. I worked in the Dell Australia office and then recently moved over to Austin, Texas. I love how
0: everybody at Dell's like, I've been at Dell for 24 years. I've been at <laughs> Dell for 10 years. Like, I mean, is there anyone that's been at, D- at Dell for under... Well, you've been... Uh, our teammate over here has been been at Dell for six months. Uh, I know. We have, we have a little audience in the room with us. I know, <laughs> I know.
1: I'm a, I'm a lifer. I, I, love, I love working for Dell. And right now I lead B2B influencer relations um, for our commercial client portfolio so really what I do is I look to tell stories about emerging technologies that kind of impact like end users so when we talk about workforce modernization and 5G and you know endpoint security like really like you know how do we tell those stories and how is it impacting the workforce and where does Dell kind of really fit into telling that story and how are we helping customers and how are we really making that a reality
0: I want to get More into your role because I'm actually fascinated by it. Sure. But there's something um, that I want to get into that I think is even more important. That's you saying, I love working for Dell. The reason why I think that that's so important is because building a strong company culture, a lot of people talk about how do I keep employees? How do I attract employees? How do I build a team? From a founder to a larger company, the issue is, you know, we as people, as talented people, competent people, we all have a lot of options. And I think the secret weapon is company culture. Mm -hmm. That's what keeps somebody. So can you tell me what attracts you to the company? What made you say that so authentically?
1: So I think that kind of um, half back to my background and that I started at Dell, like fresh out of university. I have not actually worked for an, a different company. So I don't know whether I don't know that the grass is maybe greener <laughs> elsewhere. However, all I know is that Dell has been really good to me as an employer. So when I started as, as a university graduate, as a woman in tech, and this is like 13 years ago, and the landscape was really different, I always felt protected as a female employee in like a very heavily, obviously male dominated industry. But then also with the, I also started started in the sales team and now I'm in corporate communications. Like, so my career journey with Dell, I've had so many opportunities to try my hand at different things and find what I'm really passionate about. Because when you, you know, graduate from university or or college for our US folks, like sometimes you don't really know what you want to do or or what you're passionate about. And and I've been lucky with Dell that like, you know, influencer marketing and influencer relations was not a thing when I graduated from university. So, you know, the fact that I'm, I've had been given the opportunity to do this now is like totally cool. And I've had this, you know, like wide ranging career from being like, um, you know, Uh, like uh on the phone uh, you know talking to customers on the sales team and then you know being a product manager really understanding the product and and getting my teeth into like the nitty-gritty tech stuff and now going to like sort of content marketing and really talking about the higher level technology topics that I I never thought I'd be interested in but I kind of like I love it so it's really interesting
0: so I want to get more into your journey but before that one thing that fascinates me about your role and I'd love for you to explain I I genuinely don't know the answer so I'm excited. Is you do business to business influencer marketing. Yes. And I don't understand. I mean, I know what business to business is. I know sure. what B2B is, but I don't understand what business to business influencer marketing is. Normally, yep. you find a social media star, a YouTube mm-hmm. star, something, and it's business to consumer, consumer to. Like, I don't. It's the first time I heard business. To, what does that mean? <laughs> sure. Is that collabs? What is that? So, um, like partnerships, collaborations? Yeah. yeah?
1: Oh. Keyword there, yeah, partnerships. And, and that's one of the things. So when I introduce myself, um, to normally to people, um, I say that I lead B2B commercial client partnerships because I feel sometimes in the B2B space, calling someone an influencer, that's my uh, interpretation of what they do. They influence an audience that I'm interested in reaching. Right. But you know, these people that I'm reaching out to are entrepreneurs. They're subject matter experts in specific technology topics. You know, they've built their business from scratch. They're startup founders. They're like doing awesome things with tech. Um, They're just doing what they're passionate about, what they love to do. They're talking about, they're on the speaker circuit doing the same thing. Right. So like they do not consider themselves an influencer, but I do. So yeah. So when I partner with them, what I'm looking for is their unique point of view. So I want them to be able – it's a two-way street for me. I'm looking for a relationship where they can give me um, insight into like – hey, this is what's happening with like 5G. This is how it's going to change. This is how I predict it's going to impact certain industry or the workforce in the future. So, you know, what's Dell doing about this? And I kind of want this running commentary. When I work with them, I'm looking to give them a platform to be able to like... Um, talk about what they're passionate about but then also understand you know and also help to in some ways evangelize well how does Dell fit into that picture right and do you agree do you disagree with like what we're doing with our strategy I want them to be able to also give me feedback as well as you know provide commentary on what we're doing because that's where like the rubber really hits the road you know like it's not I don't pay for their opinion I'm if I'm compensating them at all, it's really for their time because I do want their authentic voice. That's why I've, I'm looking for
0: those types of people to partner with. Interesting. Okay. So rewinding into when you started your journey, when did you first fall in love with technology?
1: Oh gosh. When did I first fall in love with technology? It has been a journey. I didn't even, it was kind of one of those things that only hit me, I would say even just a couple of years ago. Nice. That, you know, when I was doing research for some like content articles and I was having to do like reading up a lot about like blockchain and AI and machine learning and, you know, trying to also learn like, okay, what's, you know, what's Dell's point of view on it and and understanding and reading all those materials. And I was like, this is actually interesting. And I'm like, oh my God, when did I become this tech? nerd. Something that I think that like when I first joined Dell, I had resisted because I was like, no, 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 I'm, you know, I'm working for this global company. It's not really about like what I do. It's like, you know, it's just, a you know, they're giving me this platform, Right. but then it's evolved into, it's such an interesting area because it evolves so quickly. Right. And I realized that, you know, when I look at my parents who are kind of like, you know, technology has almost surpassed them. So they struggle to, you know, send pictures in a group chat and, you know, small things like that where I realized that I I never want to be in that position where technology surpasses me because Mm. it enables me to do so much to make my life easier, to have this seamless experience and and to help me in my everyday life. So I'm being at the heartbeat edge of like what's going on. It's super interesting to kind of always hear about what's coming next and the predictions. I find it to be just so interesting because it always changes.
0: One of my favorite questions to ask was what is a huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome, especially that you just kind of got into technology a couple of years ago. Was there a confidence curve that you had to like overcome in order to move forward and flourish in that role.
2: Stick around. We'll be right back after the break.
0: was there a confidence curve that you had to absolutely. like absolutely overcome in order to move forward and flourish in that role yeah absolutely
1: and I think it really is about being you know when I first joined Dell I joined a team of 12 men and they had all worked for Dell for like multiple years and here am I yeah.
0: at least a decade. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. So when I joined the team, fresh out of university, like so I was the youngest person on the team, the only female on the team, and this is in a sales environment. So everyone's, you know, egos and it's very competitive. Right. Um, I remember in the first three months, I think I cried every day when I got home because it was like 12 to like 14 hour days. I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I wasn't contributing anything because in team meetings, I was really intimidated to like speak up and I was still like the learning curve about the products and what we were doing, you know, not just like the products itself or what Dell stands for as a business because you need to kind of talk about you know the, the business holistically it was super challenging and I remember my manager at the time he saw me kind of have this like mini breakdown in the office yeah. and he took me aside and he was like I know you can do this Aww. so like I know you're upset right now I know it's tough but I also know that you're the type of person that you will get through this Aww. and you will be fine and you have all the components that you need to be successful so come so he goes I don't want you to make any rash decisions yeah come to me in another three months time. And if you're still this miserable, let's revisit. Right. But I think it takes time. I know you're this person who is like, you know, you want to be good at everything yeah. straight away. So, just you'll be fine. Don't worry.
0: Mentorship culture.
1: And I just, I always remember that conversation. That conversation happened in the first three months that I started at Dell 13 years ago. It's just crazy.
0: One thing that a lot of women at Dell have shared the same word, and I find it just so interesting. They all said, I feel very protected at Dell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel very safe. You don't really hear that from women. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm like, what's this about? What is this about? Like, I mean, a situation like that obviously makes you feel safe and protected. Can you give me other? I'm genuinely curious. What are the other examples? I've heard that um, women have felt safe in, in having children. Um, What are some other examples?
1: You know, in terms of Dell making me feel protected as an employee, I think they they really, you know, promote all the different ways in which they provide you opportunities in which you can like ethically and anonymously give feedback if you you feel that there is an issue that you need to report. But then I think also there's always been this culture of like I've never been belittled. you know, I've never felt attacked in my workplace for Mm -hmm. being a woman. And I have heard from other women who have joined Dell they're like oh out there in the tech space it is a completely different world Mm -hmm. we are so lucky to work for Dell and I was always like super interested because I had never worked for another company so I'm like well what do you mean and I remember this one colleague of mine, she was saying that, you know, in one particular presentation, she was presenting just to a boardroom full of men. Is this at Dell or somewhere else? This was somewhere else. And she said, they made me uh, she was presenting this PowerPoint presentation on this like uh, screen. And she said, I know that they purposely made me like point out things on the presentation to make me bend over (gasps) or reach up. Stop. Yeah, I was horrified. This is why I remember this conversation because I was horrified. And she was like yeah there were certain meetings I knew not to wear a skirt or a dress it was like full on you cover up and I was like I have never felt that way in a meeting I've never felt like this a sleazy like IT like gropey like it's never I've never thankfully um, you know I've never had that experience I obviously can't talk to everyone but that's definitely been my experience feeling Protected. I don't feel threatened in the workplace. So
0: interesting. Yeah. Have you been on a podcast before?
1: Funnily enough, I have not been on a podcast, yeah. but I have, um, Del used to have this podcast called Luminaries and I used to help with the production <gasps> side. No way. <laughs> so are you having
0: flashbacks right now? I, it's,
1: it's funny because I was always the one sitting behind, like listening for the edits and right, doing it. Right. So I'm not used to the one being, the one holding the microphone. So it's very weird. Well, I
0: feel like this is the first of many to come, which I'm excited <laughs> about. What is your favorite tech tool? Like mobile app, hardware, um, software, anything, website.
1: I'm a slave to email. Uh, That's like uh, very weak. But Dell actually makes it so easy to like work remotely. And, you know, I have all the tools. I have email. I have instant messenger. I have, you know, my expense apps when I'm traveling. So I'm on my phone a lot. I yeah. think last week my phone told me that in one day I was on my phone for nine and a half hours. Whoa. I was like, what was I doing? <laughs> I don't think that's healthy, but yeah. at the same time I'm like, it's because I can do everything I need to yeah. on my phone. So I guess, I, I don't know. I don't are
0: there in-house tools that Dell's built? Yeah,
1: yeah, a lot of them are. So I think particularly, you know, so they're all secure and they've also made it seamless so that every time I log in, I don't have to put in a passcode and I don't have to authenticate through my mm. like VPN or anything. Yeah. So... Because that used to be the most frustrating thing. Just to get to my email, it's like a five-minute process. And I'm like, all I need to do is just check where I'm supposed to be in like 30 minutes or, you know. So that makes it super handy. Is everyone at Dell remote? No. There's still a lot of folks who, you know, work from the office, but we also kind of refer to a lot of employees as mobile workers. So we, and that's what I would consider myself. So I spend, you know, three to four days at least in the office and then at least one or two days then working remotely from home. And it kind of depends on what I'm doing that day. So if I'm just on a day full of calls or I need to have an awkward conversation or I'm presenting a lot, I Mm. like to do that at home just because I talk really loudly. And because of my Australian accent, everyone Mm. hears, it in the office so I get very self-conscious and I know yeah and I talk yeah it's just I talk super loud and I'm very I'm very, I'm Which very I very aware. much appreciate on a
0: podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic
1: <laughs> enunciation all the way yep. um where can people find you online um so I have a twitter it's at miss jdma so those are my initials um
0: can you say it again so it's m-i-s-s underscore jdma correct okay. yes
1: and um I'm on linkedin as well can under you spell Jessica. your name for everybody yeah sure it's um Jessica J E S I C A Ong A U N G
0: and man I feel like I'm like up against the clock I know (laughs) I know that we have to go to our next thing soon but I've been so excited to have you is there anything you wanted to share that you feel like we haven't covered yet oh and I mean
1: I think this podcast is amazing I just like thank you I for me um with what I'm doing with my influencer program or my partnership program it's funny because I I don't know whether it's like I feel like I'm recruiting people who are like me or like-minded by me because (laughs) my my community right now is not that diverse only because I've somehow only recruited women yeah. and I was talking to my agency I'm like what is, do you think it's something about my own bias like my unconscious right, bias right. that I don't know that like I hear voices that are similar to mine and they happen to also oh, be women in tech cuz I don't have any men yeah I think maybe I have like I've spoken to maybe like one or two right. but every time I look at the list I'm like yes this woman this woman yeah. she sounds awesome I yeah. love her point of view but at the same time I'm like, well, why is that a bad thing? Mm. Women don't often have enough of a platform. To be championed, yeah. So does it really matter that I'm starting out of a community that is only women? I'm like, I'm sure we'll survive and I think it's great. So any sort of platform that helps to boost and promote women and to make people feel like they have that community in which they can kind of learn from other women I like that I, I'm a huge supporter of that
0: I Love that. and thank you for, for cheering me on and celebrating <laughs> me I am so proud of this show we've interviewed hundreds of women around the world and I'm particularly stoked that I've been able to go to places like Bosnia the Ukraine oh God, Kazakhstan amazing. places that I think people don't really pay attention to to seek out women in tech and share their stories and mm-hmm. I just I don't know I get a thrill it's like it's such a gift that I get to be a part of every journey it's just it's really cool. well if
1: you need any recommendations if you ever find your way to sydney australia and you need recommendations yeah. for women in
0: tech yeah
1: i've got you oh, thank I've got you, you. <laughs> thank
0: you if you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women in tech around the world remember go to the women in tech facebook group at women in tech that's women tech vip.com we'll take you straight there say hello on social at women in tech show on twitter on instagram on facebook i will talk to you guys see you guys here you guys in the next episode bye bye <laughs>
1: Hi, I'm Jessica Ung with Dell Technologies, and I lead B2B Influencer Relations. Dell Technologies is a product and services technology company, and I'm based in Austin, Texas. You are listening to Women in Tech.
2: I'd like to tell you about an all-new season of Command Line Heroes, a podcast presented by Red Hat. No one ever said hardware was easy. In season four, Command Line Heroes is telling seven special stories about people and teams who dared to change the rules of hardware and in the process, changed how we all interact with technology.
3: In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices? And what it took to get here?
2: There was this blue box on a table, and he said, well, here it is. I said, well, what is it? He said, it's a microcomputer.
3: What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. These machines, they revolutionized our lives and blew the doors open to what was possible.
2: How many people here had a computer versus how many people intended to get one? Only one or two people actually had them. And they would bring them to the club meeting. What are you going to do with it? And nobody had an answer.
3: The key thing about timesharing was that the computer needed some way of being able to sort of stop its own clock.
2: The uh, creators of the floppy drives are not household names by any means. If it wasn't for that, PCs would have been adopted much more slowly.
3: This January 28th, we launched Season 4 of Command Line Heroes, an original podcast for Red Hat. And this season, it's all about the hardware. We'll hear the stories behind some iconic machines and the people who dared to create them. I was the kid that always took things apart, took my older sister's toys apart. This is just another bag on the side of the eclipse, a skin job. Nope, this is a whole new machine. The process
0: of passing the tapes around and encouraging and building upon each other's results is really what made the personal computer industry.
3: We're exploring mini computers, mainframes, the first personal computers, floppies, early smartphones, and game consoles. And we're also going to hear how the community ethos that drove those early hardware heroes to build those machines still exists today in the open source hardware movement. The values of sharing are still there. I mean, it's in the entire open source community.
2: The machine, in a way, was kind of a bit character. It was the people who were the real guts of
3: what it was about. I'm Saran Yitbarek. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast. And keep on coding. So thank you, and uh, eat your sandwiches.
2: Season 4 is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo.
2: Edited by Adam Carroll. Show notes by Carl Marty.
0: And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production.